Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett, and I am so excited to spend this time with you. This podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, and it can be found on the Edify app and on you know, just about everywhere you listen, I would imagine. Um, But I'm so excited about this show because we have a very special guest. Uh, This show is really going to be um, talking about anxiety and depression. But most of us have dealt with some level of anxiety, right? But what if you deal with some chronic anxiety, or or you, you think you've buried it, you've gotten through it, and and then it resurrects itself again. Well, today's guest is really going to share her story and how she has overcome anxiety. And I know you've heard of her before, and you've probably heard her singing on your favorite um, uh, radio station. So I can't wait to share her bio with you here in just a second. But before I do, I wanted to share with you that the Anxiety Depression Association um, Anxiety and Depression Association of America, they state that um, generalized anxiety disorder, GAD, that about 7 million adults suffer with that. Uh, PD, panic disorder, that there's about 6 million adults that suffer with that disorder. SAD, SAD, not seasonal affective disorder, but social anxiety disorder, that affects 15 million adults different uh, specific uh, phobias. It's almost 20 million adults. Stress, who doesn't deal with stress? I think everyone experiences it. But that those that deal with stress and they can't cope with that stress, it triggers anxiety. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder, about 3 million Americans, uh, adults. Uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, almost 8 million adults suffer with that. Different related illnesses uh, really are triggered when anxiety disorders aren't taken care of and handled. So these co-occurrences of anxiety are disorders like ADHD, bipolar disorder, um, body dysmorphia syndrome, um, eating disorders, fibromyalgia, headaches, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, uh, sleep disorders, stress, substance abuse, and the list goes on. But several on that list are really... um, you know, self-induced, if you will, because of unhealthy coping mechanisms to get through those anxious times. And so it triggers eating dis, or, you know, it, it turns into eating disorders or it turns into, um, <clears throat> excuse me, bringing in inflammation in the body that can cause an autoimmune disorder like fibromyalgia and, and in different IBS situations and not sleeping well. And so a lot of that is triggered basically, again, from not using and, and, having healthy coping mechanisms. So maybe we reach for food or maybe we're reaching for a substance uh, and it becomes substance abuse. And there, there's the list goes on. But my goal here in this podcast is that you would be inspired, that you would find hope maybe in your own situation of how to overcome anxiety. And just by hearing the um, the story of, of my guests that you would say, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I mean, I've had anxiety, but how do we get out of that uh, place of having chronic anxiety, right? Sometimes we just need to unpack it with somebody and um, you'll hear a few steps that um, that my guest has taken herself and it's really made a difference in her life. So Hope Darst, if you don't know that name, I know you know her voice, but Hope Darst is a worship leader who desires to see people encounter the love of Jesus and be restored and set free 
in his presence, whether it's crafting songs for artful expression or uh, for corporate praise. Hope's goal is the same, to worship God in everything. Her latest single, which I love, and if you haven't heard it, go YouTube it, go download it, get it, because it's amazing. And it's If the Lord Builds the House. Yes, that's right. Hope Darst sings If the Lord Builds the House. It's just another example of Hope's desire to write songs that capture real-life experiences while remaining anchored in God's Word. The newest release is a bold declaration with lyrics from Joshua 24:15 As for me and my house we will serve the Lord. So here's the keys. Come on in, everything we have is yours. Hope tackles the reality that re- that when we try to build a name for ourselves it usually ends up falling apart. But when we choose to allow God to build our lives, nothing can tear it down. Even if we face hardships uh, or storms, the houses of our hearts and our minds will stand firm on him. And while Hope's journey to become a songwriter and recording artist started later than most, and you know, I think she mentions around 40, um, Hope feels like she is just getting started and hopes to have the honor of releasing music for a long time. Her newest single, If the, Lo- if the Lord Builds This House, was released in June of 2022. And she's currently working on more new new music that will be released later this year and early 2023. I am so excited that you're here. You are someone that knows personally about anxiety, right? Yes, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But you have a story. You have a story to share that's going to help so many listeners that are, are tuning in today. And so thank you for taking the time. And I just adore you because you're so authentic and real. And I had the pleasure of meeting you at an event. It was a very intimate event. And um, I just felt drawn to you because you are so real. You are so authentic. And that's your, um, you're touchable, I guess is you're reachable. And I think most people in, in, in the limelight that are in your kind of position, they, they are more standoffish um, from what I've seen um, in, in my own experience. And you are just not that way. And so I, I thank you for that because people need to see that um, you're real too, right? I mean, maybe it's the advantage of not signing a record deal till I was almost 40. Like, <laughs> I, I lived a lot of life. What do, like, what do I have to hide? Like, you know, I didn't, I, I do feel, uh, to be honest with you, I do have like a deep sense of like compassion. I feel like an empathy for artists that start at 18, 19 and 20, Mm. because they literally have to grow up in a, in an environment and a culture that I think makes them sometimes feel like they have to be guarded. And I didn't have that. I, you know, I was just living a normal life up until my forties. And gosh, you change so much in your twenties and your thirties and even your forties. And I'm sure your fifties and your like, we're never not changing. And so maybe, maybe just being an old lady is what helps me be more. <laughs> well, you're not an old lady. <laughs> and you're, I'm not an old lady. No, I'm but not. you know, even think of like social media, you, you weren't dealing with that back, you know, in the day you were like living like a normal human being <laughs> going out and playing and doing your life when you were young. It's different for kids growing up these days. Gosh, I mean, I have two teenagers, well, preteens, teenagers, yeah. uh, 11 and 13, two daughters, we're experiencing it. Like I'm trying to navigate, like, how do I help you, um, navigate a world that puts everything on display and very little of it is real because I want, like, and I have to constantly remind my girl, like the other day, my daughter was like, mom, like I, I have to have, I forget what it was like. She was trying to convince me to get her uh, an iPhone. Cause we don't have an iPhone. She has a gab phone, both my girls, where it has no, um, internet or apps or anything on it. Oh, All that is apps. awesome. You go so girl. It looks, <laughs> it's basically a flip phone that looks like an iPhone, but it's not an iPhone. And she was trying to convince me to like upgrade to an iPhone. And I said, girl, I never had a phone when I was in school. I said, I had a quarter and a pay phone to figure out how to call my mom when I didn't know where she was, or I waited. Uh-huh. I right. Right. And I had to trust that she would show up at some point to get me. So, yes. And you survived. Look at you. I you survived. I mean, I probably have a lot of trauma, but that's fine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, it's a, it's a wild 
it feels like the wild, wild west out there. It's funny. Like last night it was late in bed. I actually went to an event last night that I I'm going to talk about in this podcast because it's about mental health. That I cool. Let's do it. And, um, but I came home last night and I was just kind of writing some thoughts down on my phone. And I was kind of thinking about social media because I think one of the challenges that I have is that I grew up in an era where artists, they, their music is what they were known for, not their, their personal lives. Like that's really only happened in the last 15 to 20 years where media moved from, you know, kind of giving artists, um, people that were just influential or whatever. I feel weird. I don't feel like I'm one of those people, but yes, you are. Yes, you are. But that platform, right? Platform. Yeah. You could still really have a private life and none of it was like your personal life impacted your, your career. And now, you know, every, everything is the way you market the way you build your business, the way you build your brand, whatever Mm -hmm. that is, it's all via social media. And in general, I think social media is really not healthy for us emotionally, Mm -hmm. mentally, or spiritually. So it's, I have a lot of really complicated, conflicted feelings about that world now suddenly being the main avenue businesses and careers to be able to be known to them, to the, you know, the mass public. I don't think it's good for us. And I'm I was like writing, that. I was writing these notes out because I'm just like, I don't post a lot. And, you know, because of that, I don't have a huge following and I've made that choice. I've made a choice to say, God, I, I don't want to become a slave to this thing because the amount of energy it takes for me personally is too much. Yes. Like it just, it's really hard for me. I don't do well have like, I'm, I didn't grow up in this era. So therefore it's not like natural habit for me. But, but think about how draining it is, it's right? It's so draining. Right. I mean, one of the speakers last night at the event, he was talking about, he, he like did like this test and he was standing at the top of um, like a, an airport where there's an escalator. And he was just like, I just wanted to see what would happen when I watched a hundred people come up the escalator. What were they doing? 100 people had their faces buried in their house. Seriously. And he was just unpacking how like being on our phones has really crippled us to be able to see what's in front of us or to be able to have space and our minds and our hearts to hear, to hear our own thoughts, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, which we'll get into, which I think is a huge part of um, the mental health. Yes, absolutely hope. And it's, and it's keeping us from, from coming together as, as real relationships and real community. Or even just seeing someone in front of you, like how much, I mean, have you seen the um, series, the chosen? Have you seen any of that? Of course, every one of them. I couldn't wait for them to come out. Same. Our family is obsessed with it. And one of the things that just strikes me every time is the visual of how much Jesus saw. Hmm. He just saw people. He saw everything. Obviously he's God. So, but he was in flesh. So he still was like limited to flesh and he just saw, he was so present. He saw people's needs. He saw people's hurt. He saw people's pain. He saw people's, um, you know, growth. And when they did something really amazing and he was able to be in it all. And I think, part of why we see such a massive rampant onslaught of um, people struggling with anxiety and depression and oppression and all that it's layered. But one of those things is we don't know how to see people anymore. And when you don't know how to see people anymore, you don't know how to get them to the healer and you stop knowing how to get to the healer because you stop recognizing the warning signs of, Hey, this is getting off course and you don't have enough people typically in your world go, Hey, you're not, you don't seem like yourself. What's going on. Right. People retreat and then they don't want to be seen either. Like it's kind of that two-sided coin. Isolation has been a problem with mankind from the beginning of the world. Hello, the garden. What did they do? Isolated, hid themselves when sin. So whenever there's sin, we always isolate, but I do think something happened in the last two years, three years with the pandemic that isolation became the numbing mechanism for everything and not just sin, but just anything, weakness, stress, 
um, disappointment, like you name it now, it's like everyone's go-to and it's such a work of the enemy because Jesus is about bringing everything into the light and the enemy is about making everything go dark. You are so spot on, Hope. I mean, seriously, that is what I have been thinking through the entire pandemic and what's been going on and how um, it's just, you know, man did not create man to be a live alone, right? He created us to be in community. Um, and, and so I, I think too about, um, how, how are we living our life? I, I mentioned before the interview that I was going to share about Matthew seven twenty four through 27, and it's, we want to live our life based on a solid foundation. And so it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the fl- Flood waters rise and the winds beat against this house. It will not collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so when we think about that, and I think about like our body is a is a home, it's a house, right? And it houses the Holy Spirit. And I think about your your song, your latest song, and it's if the Lord builds this house, who, who can tear it down, right? Nobody can tear it down. So how are we really building this house, this body, this temple? How are we building our our house of our of our of our habits, so to speak? And let's talk about your journey through um, your anxiety and and your depression and how you have uh, rebuilt your house because you found maybe some cracks in the foundation. Well, I love because you don't, I don't know that you know this, but so if you do, forgive me for not remembering, but that song is rooted in, I was studying Genesis 11 about the story of the Tower of Babel. And as I'm reading it, you know, the King says to people, let us go and build a tower and make our names great so that we can bring glory unto ourselves. And I'm reading it and the Holy Spirit just, I mean, immediately it's, I have way too many towers and not enough temples, man trying to build his own glory when you're meant to be a holy temple that houses the glory of God. And so that, that was the heartbeat of that whole song. And as I dunk in and thought about it, you know, it, I was writing it kind of at the tail end of the pandemic coming into the top of this year and really kind of wanting to process some of what I saw over the last couple of years in my own life. And I think in the public, in church and church leaders across the board, people that I knew personally, people that I knew from afar, it felt like you were watching a lot of people whose houses just kind of collapsed whether it was emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it was heartbreaking to me, yeah. just absolutely heartbreaking. But also if I'm being completely honest at the top of this year, my anxiety and my stress went, it, it came off the charts again. And I remember being so frustrated and being like, God, what is happening? Like, why am I dealing with this? Like we have been around this mountain. We have buried this thing, you know, it's, you know, it's resurrected itself. We've buried it again. It's, you know, and I think two things that I had to come to terms with at the beginning of this year was one, I don't think anxiety and, and things that you struggle with in that particular mental health area. So if you, if you wrestle with OCD order or ADD or ADHD or anxiety or oppression or depression in, in kind of seasonal things, um, I don't know that there's like a miracle moment. I, I do know there can be miracle moments because I've experienced it. I was very depressed and suicidal when I was 19 and 20. Wow. And I had a massive encounter with the Lord and the spirit of death broke off of my life. Praise and I had God. never battled with suicide, suicidal thoughts or any of that since that mm. day. Mm. But the journey of learning how to men- mentally overcome stress and fear that can trigger. Those are coping skills, right? And a lot of that is tied to our childhoods, to messages, again, traumas, lies that we partnered with. Right. Um, And coping skills and coping mechanisms, a lot of times can save you and protect you for a moment in the midst of something traumatic or difficult, or you're, you're not able to process, but oftentimes what then happens is the enemy works in overtime to keep you trapped in that coping mechanism, the unhealthy coping mechanism, the unhealthy version Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And, and so over time that becomes a habit in your life. And eventually 
that habit, it will stop working. That unhealthy coping mechanism will stop working. And I think those are the moments that God allows something to be torn down. He allows something to be crashed so that it can be rebuilt. You know, I think so many people have a tendency, or I know I did in my young, immature self, like to read that scripture and just think, oh gosh, like there's going to be a day you just get wiped out. But actually there's something in that scripture that Jesus, the first part is Jesus tells you how to build. And so then in the second part, if you find that your house is collapsed, all you have to do is go back to the first part of the scripture and God's already built in there, the rebuilding process, the remodeling process, the reconstruction process. So it's not like your house just gets taken down mentally, emotionally, spiritually in the natural, and then you're just left in rubble. No, God is all about restoring the ruins, restoring the cities, restoring our lives. And so for me, it has been a constant journey. Something is triggering something. And maybe I've dealt with that area and where anxiety has been triggered in the past. But what if, what if you're in a new season? Like I've been in a new season. I've been trying to figure out how to be a working mom that travels with two teenagers, with a working husband and in a business that most people just think it's just making music. No, overnight, I went from just writing songs every now and then and God breathing on them to suddenly running a business with employees and mm. decisions that have to be made every single day and budgets that have to be reconciled. Like all of a sudden I went the stress. From, right. Yeah. So I've never run a business. I, right. I'm, I'm terrible at money. Like, and yet to I, see you, you, I mean- and maybe you're more like a duck on water, right? Like you look really calm on top and then underneath you're just pedaling as fast as you can. It depends on the day. It depends on the day. Because I can relate to that, right? Right. Like we got to be like, you know, all right, we're, we got this with God. We got this. But really we're like, oh my gosh, I don't have this. I don't know. Okay. So, and so I think it's being able, so you have to be able to recognize there are different triggers and there are different reasons. That yes. You, in different right, seasons. Right. There's different seasons. So there have been seasons where anxiety and fear would, and, and panic was triggered because I'm living out of fear. Right. And I'm, and I'm Worry. not worrying. And well, I mean, I think that's kind of always there on some level, but it's really, it's really attached to I'm, I am now living in this lie and living with a fear. And I, and I know better, like we've been here before. Yeah. There's also seasons where you find yourself in new territory where it begins to press on issues and press on things that maybe have been dormant that you don't even recognize have been there. And God is going in your maturity and in your intimacy with me. I trust that when this thing starts, get gets pressed, you're going to recognize, Hmm, this is triggering something that is a pattern in other areas where I've seen this. I know what this can do. I know how this can play itself out. Okay, God, what's really going on? Yeah, I love that you're bringing that up, Hope, because so often we think, we, like you said, it's been buried and then it was resurrected, buried, resurrected. I think so many times we're just burying it and we actually need to pull it out by the roots, right? And and it shows up again, like you just said, in a, in a new season. So what are the triggers and, and, and how have you adopted you know, healthy coping mechanisms. So in your season of anxiety, let's just talk about like the, the, the real story of like, when did you start really getting anxiety, you know, anxious? What did you end up doing and how did you cope originally? And then how did you learn to cope in a healthy way? Well, a lot of this is new because I've really only been probably intensely processing a lot of it, like with great counselors and pastors in this season of my life for probably the last prior to that. I mean, I said at the beginning, I didn't even know I was dealing with anxiety until I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. No one had even pinpointed. No one in my world had been like, Hey, I feel like you struggle with getting really stressed and, and not knowing how to have healthy emotional regulation. Like it feels like you go from zero to nine. Like no one was really addressing that in my life. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that from a very young age, so my coping mechanisms early on became perform and do a good job. And, and, and a little bit of, and just take responsibility all the time when you get things wrong. 
So I kind of lived in those for a really, 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 really long time of just I'll perform. I'll just do a really good job. So was it kind of perfectionism a little bit? Or a lot? <laughs> You're like, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm a firstborn. Are you kidding? No, I get yes. it. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Firstborn. Gotcha. A failure was a huge motivator, an uh-huh. unhealthy motivator, but still a huge motivator. Right. In my 30s, um, I had I walked through some really, really tough situations. My parents um, went through a really, really complicated and devastating divorce mm. where mm. a lot of um, betrayal and lies, just things came out that were really hard to process. And, sure. and I was pregnant with my second daughter, I'm married, and it just feels like my world has kind of been turned upside down. And at the same time, I give birth to my daughter and I, I've, well, after my first daughter, I had postpartum depression mm-hmm. and that lasted for a really long time, even after my son. So what did you do to get through that postpartum depression? Mm, yes. Well, one, I went and saw my doctor. Good. Yes. <laughs> good. Like, good. Um, yeah. I don't know myself. Right. And, right. And that sounds good. funny, but healthy. that's actually what we're supposed to do. So yeah. whether it's your doctor, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your spouse, your friend, you need to go to someone yes. and say, I don't feel myself. Right. I'm and not be ashamed of that. And not be ashamed. Yeah. Also, Having people in your life, refusing to isolate and allow people into your world also gives people the opportunity, like my mom, like my husband, to pick up the phone and say, honey, I don't, I don't recognize you in this season. Like Mm. you're not yourself. Let, let's go get you help. Let's go talk to someone. Let's figure out what's going on. Yeah. Have people that are going to speak truth in your life. Yeah. Yes, you have to. So it means in the seasons of life when I'm not struggling, I well, I mean, when are we never? We're all struggling at yeah. right? <laughs> some point or when, another. When it's not flaring. Right. It's, it's not chronic. Not like, it's not, when it's yeah. not chronic. Yeah. I have people in my life who know healthy versions of me. Yeah. So that when the unhealthy version starts to roar its head, two things can happen. One, they can say, hey, I'm seeing things. I'm seeing patterns that I know you don't want to live in because we've, we've talked about it. We've been open. We've been honest. And two... They know who I am when I'm healthy. So they don't, they don't put on me. You are unhealthy. You're just this version. They yeah. know the healthy version of me, which helps me get back to, to okay, rise up, I'm, rise up to where something's gotten off course. So right. ultimately what you have to do is you have to get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, depression, oppression, fear, panic, all of it. It is just symptomatic of something deeper that's going on. Yeah. It is never the root issue. Right. And our, our, our partnership with the Holy Spirit, the, one of the reasons that Jesus left the Holy Spirit, my greatest my thing that I think amazing, one of the titles of him is the truth revealer, mm. is that he comes in and with the most gentle spirit reveals truths about what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is just sin and disobedience. Like we're just, we're being a little rebellious and we're just not, we're not doing what the scripture talks about. We're not following God's word. We're not living our life according to God's principles. And so we're reaping what it feels like to live in areas of death right, in our right. heart, in our mind, in our decisions. I mean, Jesus, and there's, and there's such a, yeah, or death, choose life. Right. But there's other seasons of life where you are following Jesus and you are doing the best that you can. You are not living in known sin. You are not like you are going, I am reading the word of God. I'm in intimacy with Jesus. I'm in an accountability. I have people in my life, but this thing keeps getting triggered. Mm. I recognize I'm getting stressed Mm. and all of my unhealthy coping mechanisms mechanisms are coming out. So I don't know what that looks like for someone listening, but for me, it can look like I get really overwhelmed and I get a little short tempered and my tone gets really just short and harsh. And I'm just kind of like huffy and I go really inward in my brain and I'm not super present. And you, you, I just, I'm carrying it. And that typically means for me somewhere in that process of stress getting triggered. I felt like I failed somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
or I feel like I'm failing, right? which is the root issue for me. Places of failure lead to roots of shame. And shame is just something I have struggled with since I was a little girl. Part of that perfectionistic thing is about control too, right? Right. Right. And so well, if I we can't just, control something, oh my gosh, and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not doing a good job that I'm, I'm failing, fail. I'm yeah. trigger shame and then shame can trigger isolation. And so sure. what I've done is I've, I've, I've done two things to answer your question more shortly. I've been, I've been open. I've asked for help. Good. I've allowed both pastors, loved ones and professional counselors to come into the most intimate, scariest parts of my story and my journey and really help me unpack mm. lies that I believe, traumas that have created cycles of thinking and paradigms and behavior that are contrary to God's word and his truth. And I've allowed the Holy Spirit to really have full permission to speak to me and reveal things. You know, it can be as simple. Beautiful. Okay. I'll give a really great example. Okay. The other day, I was on the phone for two hours with customer service. Two oh. hours, y'all. <laughs> two hours. With customer service. All right. Customer service. And I just. Patience. She had to practice patience. And I failed it. I failed miserably at it. And I was <laughs> on the phone and my daughter was with me. And I just like. I, I had come to the end of a really tough day. A lot of things had gone wrong. A lot of decisions that I thought were, you know, had been made suddenly were unraveling. Right. So it's starting to like low layer trigger some things. And, um, also in full disclosure, I was on my cycle that day mm, and when mm-hmm. our hormones mm-hmm. are, out are in fluctuation, mm-hmm. okay, so this is real for women listening. There is also a part of you that everything gets, it's a little off balance. So you may find that there are certain times of the month where those feelings start to be triggered more than normal. And you have to be really aware of what is chemically happening and what is spiritually happening. Right. Like when you go for that ice cream, you really just are not needing and craving that ice cream. Might not <laughs> craving be. something. That's right. You no, might you're not. <laughs> so I, I'm going, okay, all these things are happening on this yeah. day. But you know what? I had a moment of just weakness. And yeah. I was just, I was kind of rude to the lady on the phone. I finally was just like, ma'am, I've been on the phone for two hours. Like, why can't y'all figure this out? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And my daughter's sitting in the car. And later on that night, I'm brushing my teeth. And just clear as day, like the Holy Spirit just speaks to me and says, you know, she catches what you do. She doesn't, mm. you know, you, you ca- kids catch more than. Yeah. More is caught than taught. More than thank you. That was what I was like. Yes. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, you just need to go back and apologize and just own that you did not. You were not a good example in that moment. If you mm. let frustration and stress from the day get the best of you and you weren't Christ-like. You just go yeah. So I go to my daughter and I own it. Now here's what can happen. And this would have been my past self. Shame would have been triggered in that moment. And that would have spiraled me. And it would have caused me to isolate. It would have caused me to separate. It would have caused me to go into a mental valley of just, I'm a terrible mom. I, these kids deserve someone who's more on top of this. I, you know, I'm failing Jesus. I'm failing my kids. I'm failing my mom. I'm not breaking generational patterns. Like I would have just spiraled into that. Sure. But through counseling, honestly, I have been able to, to really unpack, like, that's just a lie of the enemy. Like we all have bad days. We all have bad moments, but in general, like I'm actually a good mom who really loves her kids and really loves Jesus. And I'm doing my very best. And sometimes my best sucks, but I can own that and repent for that and walk in the grace and the compassion that Jesus has for me. And so I didn't spiral into shame. I was able to own what I messed up, but not let it trigger the things that have been lifelong triggers for me. Doesn't I think mean I'm in, incapable of it being triggered, right. but I have gone and done a lot of work to get to the root issues so that when the Holy Spirit speaks, 
I don't only hear correction. I also hear compassion and grace. Mm, that's a that's a huge word right there, Hope, that someone listening may be dealing with that same kind of struggle, the perfectionism, the control, the, the I'm not good enough, and then the shame and the whole cycle. And to just to own that, wow, okay, I didn't have such a great day. And to be authentic and real with it and to say, I'm sorry for it and just bring it to light. And then I'm going to do better next time, you know, and just, and just be okay. And giving yourself grace, I think is a huge piece of that puzzle. And so that allows you not to go into that downward spiral. And, um, so I, I love that you just mentioned that it's really, it's, it's not, um, it's it's a simple thing. It may not always be easy because it's a surrender, right? But it is a simple thing to do. And um, it'll change the trajectory of how you show up in the world and how others uh, treat you as well. Because yeah, it, it can it can have a strong grip on you. Well, I think there's a scripture that's really clear. It says, take thought, every thought captive. Yeah. For those of us that sh- have struggled with mental health issues, I think everyone does, if you want to be honest. Oh, for level. sure. On some level. We, I was talking about this with you before we started the podcast. Like we're all so comfortable with the reality of like, we know that because sin entered the world, there has been a slow decay, right. Of the body and the, and the mind. And like, we have sickness and disease on this earth, right? Like we can wrap our minds around, um, sickness and disease that we can see when we can't see it. It's amazing how we want to put it into a category of just like. Um, that's not really real. That's not like, you should just be able to figure that out. Or honestly, in the, in, in the Christian culture, a lot of times we just put it in the category of like, oh, they're just in sin. Mm. And maybe sin is a part of it. I'm not, I'm, I'm the first to go like, there has been so many layers of it that were sin, not trusting the Lord, not applying the word of God into a scenario, giving myself, um, you know, over to just, like not, not wanting to apply God's word into a scenario, of course. Or believe in the lies and all, I mean, the list goes on, but it doesn't matter, right? It's chains of bondage, right? Like that's, I'm not, I'm the first to say that there is a layer of sin that can go with it. Mm -hmm. There's also just a layer of the curse that's a part of this, that our minds are also dealing with oftentimes some sickness and disease that Jesus wants to bring healing to. Yes. And that he has grace and compassion for, and he has patience with like, God is not angry with me when I get overwhelmed and when I'm struggling with anxiety. He has compassion. He has compassion. And he's Mm -hmm. sitting on the throne going, I have paid for this. I have already paid the price that, that will actually set you free. So come to me and let me give you the things that you need in this life to be able to walk in peace, to be able to walk in joy, to be able to walk in hope, even in the midst of really complicated, hard things. And I just think we're not gracious enough with each other or ourselves or ourselves. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, Mm -hmm. so much. I've been so hard to give grace to myself in this area. So much of me felt like being a Christian meant I did not have, I did not have any um, ability to have this struggle. I thought it was just wrong. Mm. But, and so for years that kept me trapped in a cycle of not admitting I'm actually really struggling in this area and I don't know how to do this on my own. And so I was just layering it um, with so much guilt and shame and guilt and shame and guilt and shame. And it was really hard for me to say to someone for years, I, I don't know that I know how to do this well. Like, I I actually don't know that my mind is, um, that it's, it's processing things correctly or that it's filtering things correctly. Marrying someone that doesn't struggle in this area was incredibly helpful for me because he was able to look at scenarios and go, I don't know that your response or your, your definition of what is true in this situation is really accurate. Wow. That's awesome. And, you know, he was able to go like, I know that feels really true to you, but it's not true. Yeah. Like, I know what a gift, right? Uh uh And it was like God built a mirror into this situation where I was able to see something to go, wait a minute, you don't, you don't see what I see. You don't think what I think in this scenario. And, And I will say one of the things that I've had to do a really practical thing 
is when there's a situation that I don't know how to handle. A lot of times it's work stuff or mm-hmm. it's interpersonal things with people, right? Like conflict, right? How yeah, am I going right. to resolve this? Like, I don't, I'm, I want to get out of conflict. I don't want to do this. I, I will actually go to my husband and I'll say, Hey, this is how I'm seeing this scenario. This is how it's making me feel. What do you think would be a like an appropriate response to this? That's great. That's wise. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I'll even, if I have to like give an actual response that I'm avoiding, cause I'm just like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to handle it. It's, it's causing me stress. Right. Um, I will type it out in a note and I'll send it to my husband and I'll say, Hey, how do you feel about this? And a lot of times he'll come back and he'll say things like too many words. Yeah. You don't need to apologize for that. Yeah. There get the emotion out of it and just it, respond. Like you, you didn't do anything right wrong there. That that's, that's false humility. Like you're trying to take on something that isn't yours because you're wanting to avoid speaking, you know, a truth that feels uncomfortable. And other times he'll come back and say, actually you're skirting around the issue and you just need to own that you messed up. Wow. He's great. It sounds like you guys are a great team, (laughs) but a lot of those things are what can trigger anxiety Mm -hmm. and, and feelings in people is not knowing how to process something, not knowing how to face something or not recognizing that the dialogue that's going on here is not actually accurate to what's going on out here. That's so true. And it's, it's great that, um, what a gift that God has given you a, a soulmate and, um, you know, a, a husband that understands and is, is a good, um, uh, counterpart to, He's a great balance, a great balance for you. And so that is a gift. And so we got to find those people in our life. If you're not married or if your spouse isn't that person, uh, a friend or, or even a counselor or something like that, that can give you wise, a pastor, somebody that will give you wise counsel in the situation. But hope you have um, just overcome and you are uh, just doing great things. And I am so inspired by your music. I'm inspired by who you are as a person um, because you really are authentic. And I believe that if we were all more authentic, then we would all be in a place of, of more compassion, honestly, of, of understanding. So thank you for, for just kind of filling your heart open and sharing it with us. Um, I've got a couple of last questions here because I know your time is, is um, limited here. But what would you say maybe the best piece of advice that anyone has ever given you, um, whether it's uh, you know, around anxiety, because this is kind of the topic, around anxiety and depression, what's the best piece of advice? I mean, I've said it a ton, but it's go get counseling. Yeah. Get like, help. just get help. Yeah. I, I, you know, and, and a lot of times you'll have people be like, oh, no, me and Jesus, we're just going to figure this out. Yeah. The truth of the matter is um, it, within the Trinity, there's a counselor. There you go. Yes. Amen. So, so, and God left, I mean, Jesus left us the counselor. Mm-hmm. So God is really not scared of the reality that we need checks and balances and we need someone to be able to say back to us what we're saying, to say back to us what we're hearing, to say back to us what we're thinking, because man, it starts to reveal things that you are not able to see on your own. So good. And pastors and counselors, they are able to help you when you're willing. Now let me just say good word. You have to be willing Mm -hmm. to do some uncomfortable work and have uncomfortable conversations. Yes. And let me just say also, I don't believe counseling brings healing. I believe Jesus. Holy Spirit. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. But man, a counselor can really help you begin to unpack things that are crowding your mind and your heart from hearing the Holy Spirit clearly or interpreting even the word of God clearly in your yes. scenario. And so I sometimes think we're so close to the situation too. We don't even see all the details of it. Right. See through the forest. Right. Right. You're right. just someone that kind of helps clear the forest to basically allow you to get really, really, really close. Like it's almost like I'll do it this way, but like, I want to be able to be like this with Jesus. Right. And what can happen is, stress, anxiety, all of those things, paradigms, trauma, all that stuff, it creates this. And the further away he is, the harder it is to see up close what he's read, like how much love and compassion and truth that he has for you. So that's right. That's a beautiful I mean, analogy. That's good. That's good. And I love can it. I just say, it was 
my pastors that said to me, I think you have unresolved trauma. Mm. And in your efforts to want to be honoring and forgiving and a good Christian. Yeah. You go do the work. You've avoided the trauma. Ah, yeah. And what happens is trauma eventually leaks out. Sure Anything does. that's unresolved, it begins to leak out and it goes sideways on everyone. And it can be love. years down the road, Hope. Years. That's years the years thing. And years and years. And yes. I love that I had pastors who were able to look at me and say, we love you enough to say, you are bleeding out here. Yeah. And I recognize that like you, your reason for doing it, the reason we're here is you thought you were doing the right thing, Sure, but it's not working. And right. so why don't you spend some time with somebody who can really help you process all of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I shared this uh, the other day in another podcast, but um, there's the story of, of the buffalo and the, the cow. And I'm going to share this with you quick because I think you'll find it um, interesting. So when a storm comes, a buffalo will run into that storm head on and just go through it. That way it, it can get through it quicker right? A cow will retreat to run away from the storm. No and, and so it prolongs the anxiety. It prolongs the situation because the storm's going to come. You're going to have to go through it no matter what. So my advice always is be the buffalo, like, like run through it and get through it and get to the other side rapidly because it's still going to hit you. Why continue to stew in it and have anxiety and fear and, and worry and all the things around it? Because it's either you deal with it now or you're going to deal with it later. So be the buffalo and hope you've, you've, you've been the buffalo these days. Good going girl. (laughs) So, all right. Well, yeah, well, um, two last questions or two last oh, things. One, okay. just for fun. Okay. Uh, what is one thing, and I know everyone hates this question, but it's always fun. What is one thing that maybe the average person, the average listener wouldn't know about Hope Darst? Ooh, Something okay. will not know fun and fascinating. Fun and fascinating. Um, ooh, I tried out for American Idol. You did second year that it was like a show and yeah. I did not even make it past the first round. No way. No way. You did didn't not. even make it past and look what God had for you instead. <laughs> for all of you people who've been rejected and told you can't sing. It's fine. It's fine. God's got a bigger plan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. This is a uh, bold, but would you be willing? Uh, first of all, thank you for being on the show. Uh, it's just been fascinating and wonderful. And I know people are going to be blessed by hearing your story and your, um, how you're an overcomer, but would you be willing to pray us out? Because I really think that, um, yeah, in this episode, a prayer would be fantastic. Thanks. Well, Lord, I just thank you so much that you are you are a God that's full of grace and compassion and you see our brokenness. You saw our brokenness. It's why you sent your son, man, a father who just really wanted to rescue his kids and nothing has changed. And I know that there are men and women listening to this podcast today and they just, they feel like I need rescuing. Like, can't you just fix this God? Can't you just make my mind work or make my heart heal or you know, stop the cycles that I so badly want to stop or break off the anxiety. And man, I know that you are a good father and it is your intention to bring healing to every part of our lives. And so I pray for these men and women right now that maybe are struggling, that they would sense your spirit, the great counselor who can come in and begin to speak truth. Maybe that truth today will just be someone pops into their mind. I should reach out to that person. Or maybe someone will text them, or maybe they'll feel safe enough to, to you know, make that call and, and share what they're struggling with God, because healing doesn't come alone. Healing comes in partnership with you and your spirit and with people to walk this out with us. And so, God, I just speak your peace, your supernatural peace over these men and women. And I speak that you would just honestly put in their hearts a sense of hope today that they are not alone that you do see them, that you can rescue them even from the pits of mental health struggles, God. It is not a pit that we have to be in for the rest of our lives. You can rescue us from it. You can lift us out of the miry clay. And so God, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for it shedding truth and light on the fact that you are our great healer, that your word works, 
that doing life according to your word is always the best choice. It leads to life. And so I pray that each person listening today would feel confident and safe enough to take that next step towards life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hope, thank you for sharing so much hope. God bless you, sister. And uh, those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to catching you next time right here on Visibly Fit. God bless. So I put my